Welcome to Candid Conversations with Candace and Siobhan. We are dynamic women with different backgrounds, life experiences, and personal struggles. Yet the more we got to know each other, the more we realized that our similarities far outweighed our differences. Our goal is to bridge the gap between us and them. We are more alike than we are different. We are your go-to podcast for all things real, raw, and resilient. Each week, we have unscripted conversations with remarkable individuals who have truly decided to show up authentically in their own lives and are now inspiring others to do the same. Take a moment to listen, and not only will you see yourself in these stories, you'll leave with a takeaway from our guests and a reminder of the power of vulnerability and connection. Hello and welcome to another Candid Conversation with Candace and Siobhan. Today we are joined by community change maker and friend to all creatures, great and small, Megan Martin. In this episode, Megan shares how a road trip to LA brought her a new travel companion, which became an unexpected teacher of some very important, if not challenging, life lessons. Megan's final message is a reminder that as humans, we are not the center of the world. And if we allow ourselves to watch and understand the animals around us, in a compassionate state of coexistence and harmony, we will not only learn about them, but also ourselves. All right, welcome again to a Candid Conversation with Candace and Siobhan. I'm Candace and this is Siobhan. And today we are so excited to have Megan Martin join us for a, a hopefully a very enlightening conversation. I'm sure it will be. I met Megan um, at least six years ago, I think at um, a mental health symposium put on by the public school board here in Windsor. And um, I just found that she was just lit up from the inside and had this ripple effect on everybody that surrounded her. And I wanted to know more. So I've been following her since that time period on Facebook and Instagram. Um, she is a change maker with the community, a community change maker. And I think she's like a Jane of many trades. She has her hands dipped in all different kinds of things from animal advocacy, um, but and she public, is a brilliant public speaker, but she's also someone who right now is doing some volunteer work with Motivate Canada. So she's gonna maybe share a little bit of that with us. Um, it's all about social change across our country and it's ingrained with an indigenous perspective um, and working with youth, I guess, uh, across our, our country and province. So we're really grateful that you're here today. And I wonder if you can share a little bit more details with us. Yeah, thanks so much to both of you for having me on. Um, I'm really excited to be able to share just a little bit about me and my message and something to leave with your listeners. Um, I think having these conversations is super important, especially right now during this COVID pandemic where people aren't really able to meet in person and have those connections. I think, you know, keeping hope alive amongst our virtual spaces is incredibly important, especially because we see virtual spaces being very um, prone to being negative at the moment. And I'm all about bringing the light and positivity into a situation with having a critical and practical mindset at the same time. So my name is Megan Martin. Um, I'm born and raised in Windsor. I am from technically Amherstburg. And then I moved to Windsor just two years ago to live here since it's a little bit more, you know, easier to get out and do things because everything's yeah. in Windsor. Um, as you mentioned, I would consider myself kind of like a community change maker. I do a lot of different things. I've never really had that elevator pitch and couple seconds way of explaining who I am. I kind of just tell people, do you have a few moments to let me explain what I do? Because it's not really like an easy thing. Um, 
I don't have a particular profession that I would say like, this is who I am. I think all the parts of me make up who I am, which is important to me because that's just how I express myself. It's not just one particular thing. Um, I did graduate from the University of Windsor five years ago in psychology and women's studies. And at the time of being in university, I never really had um, a key like direction of where I was going to go. Um, even before going into university, I was kind of discouraged from going into psychology because people were telling me, well, you're never going to get a job that way. Mm -hmm. It's not practical. You're not going to go anywhere with that. And I'll never forget the first class that I ever took in university. Um, my psychology professor said, you can do anything with psychology. It was probably like, the first thing that he said. And that stood out to me because because of my education and value of the knowledge that I learned throughout that process, I have been able to put my hands in my mind and myself in so many different things. And it hasn't limited me into one pathway. And that I'm really, really grateful for. So as this con conversation continues, you'll kind of see all the different spaces that I've been in. And that's really just helped me become who I am and like really helped me understand a lot more of the world in general um, and how I can impact and help more people in a positive way. So with all of that and, and having all these different directions, what are you, what do you find you're most passionate about or what comes up most frequently in your pursuits? I'd say anything that I have done, whether it be related to animals and volunteer work or, um, even working in retail job right now, which is not exactly where I want to be. It's just where the universe has placed me and I've rolled with it. Um, it's all about just helping people in a way that is teaches them um, to be more kind and compassionate to themselves, animals and the earth. And that's kind of seemingly where my life has been um, because I truly believe that like when we are more kind to ourselves and more compassionate to ourselves, then we can, bring that out into the world. And then when we teach other people how to have that as well, um, then it's a ripple effect and it just continues to spread everybody. Okay. So we, we talk about ripple effect all the <laughs> really? time and yes, that's and part of our mission statement and actually yeah. dynamic with the fact that you said, I have my hands and all these different things. Our mission statement is being dynamic agents of change, looking to create a ripple effect on humanity. So that's you've wonderful. literally just ticked off words that were like, Oh yeah, that's us, us, us. Yep. Yeah. We, and, we feel and that. I, and I, you know, my Namaker was uh, a compassionate courage coach. And so having that compassionate courage for self so that you can then, and you know, I'm sure that you would agree just from your perspective already that you shared is that everything is connected. Mm -hmm. And so when you're very much in tune to yourself, you can have compassion for everything around you and see that you're connected to not only your neighbor, but, you know, I saw a caterpillar on my walk the other day. And I was thinking a caterpillar in January, like it really, so I'm like, oh, maybe that's a sign for me. You know, I'm still in the caterpillar stage of my development, blah, blah. But I was like, I stood there, I admired it. And I thought, oh, I'm looking around, I'm like, you should be safe. It doesn't look like bikes are coming. You're good on your journey. Good luck, little buddy. And a lot of people would not do that with this brown, weird looking caterpillar thing crossing my path. But I found that the more that I was connected to myself, the more I could see that everything vibrates together. It's the energy. And I'm sure that that's something that, would resonate with you as well. Um, one of the things I was thinking about is uh, your your little pup, Sunny. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you tell me a little bit about, tell our listeners a little bit about this journey that you have with your dog? Yeah, oh, for sure. But uh, before I get there, when mm -hmm. you said the word compassion, I also have that tattooed on my Oh heart. my gosh. <laughs> this was actually, I think I got this one a couple years ago in January, like around this time. So that's that's something that I live by. 
and my all of my tattoos have some sort of significant message and I like actually use them in my public speaking because they're there they're that message um but yeah Sunny so he has been quite um the experience um so I traveled in a van in February of 2018 so I'm coming up I can't believe it'll be three years um it's 2021 which is insane but um my ex-partner and I, uh, Ricky, who were really great friends still, which is great. Um, we bought a van in the spring, June 2017, um, because we started rock climbing at Windsor Rock Gym. Amazing place. Everybody should try to rock climb. And we were inspired to get a van and we really wanted to travel. And so we found a van, just the cards aligned and I, it was amazing. And I got this awesome van. Um, and we started our travels across America in February of 2018. And we drove down to El Paso, Texas, which is where the journey started. It was a 23 hour straight drive. We just drove all the way through, switching back and forth. Um, and then we went to the East Coast, to Florida. Then we went back across, went to Mexico, came back up, um, went back to the West Coast and spent some time in LA. So for the three weeks that I was in LA, um, ironically, it was warmer here in Windsor than it was in LA at the time. <laughs> I was there in LA in end of April, May-ish, and I had just left this place called Garth's Boulder Garden in Joshua Tree, California. So mm -hmm. I would characterize it as this like hippie community space where people are living out of their vans and tents and like this guy named Garth lived in a teepee at the top of the property. It was all surrounded by crystals. There was a guy with a peacock. It was a place wow. that like sounds like something out of a book. So we met this dog named Buddha, which is ironic enough, and kind of like the dog of the land. And this was like 600 acres of desert land. And he was a black and white dog. And he was a beautiful dog, really, really sweet. And my ex-partner at the time kept telling me that he wanted a dog. He wanted a dog. And I love dogs. I volunteered at the Humane Society. I volunteered at a rescue in Michigan called Detroit Animal Welfare Group. Um, I'm all about dogs, but I had never rescued a dog myself yet because I was never in a position to. And he just kept saying, I want a dog. I'm like, me of all people wants one too, but I'm, I have to be like the person that says we can't get one right now. It's just not possible. It's not responsible, but we'll go to a shelter and just look. So we went to the shelter, met a dog. Um, the dog ended up having no interest in us and Ricky was crushed and was like, okay, we're not getting the dog. So one morning we were walking around Echo Park. I tell you all this because it's important to lead oh, up. Oh yeah, I'm following you. <laughs> and uh, so we were walking around this park called Echo Park and we had just been happened to start walking by a mom and her two sons. And she says, you know, boys, it's a really big responsibility to have a dog. And I like smacked Ricky in the chest. And I was like, I told you. It's like, no, it's like not happening. He like nodded his head in shame. Like, okay, I get it. You're right. So a couple hours later, we we're in like the Chinatown area of LA and we were having um, lunch and then we started to go for a walk and we happened across this random person that Ricky had been following on Instagram. He's a bartender, has like 70,000 followers and they had planned to meet up, but it just okay. never monopolized. But in a city of 10 million people, they walked cross paths on the of LA and Ricky wow. was Ricky was like, whoa, that's Jason. And I'm like, no, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go see. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, 
in the corner like this is not happening right now so he's like hey are you Jason and the guy's like do I owe you money and he's like no man like, oh, you on Instagram and he's like whoa okay so we end up chilling with him for a little bit just like really weird and then we part ways and we go on our way so we're driving down this industrial road in, in LA and I'm dri- we're driving on one side of the road and there happens to be like a semi truck trailer on the other side. So if you can visualize us starting yeah. to pass this truck, as we're driving, I spot a dog walking down the street coming in the opposite direction. And I was like, stop the van. I'm like, stop the van. So we, I get out of the van and he's this dog, mind you, is across the street. I walk around the back of the van and I'm like, hey, buddy. So I call him and this stray dog, instead of running away, runs straight across the street to me. And I was like, okay, well, I got this dog now. <laughs> and, uh, so there's nobody around because it's an industrial road. He's got a big collar on him. So I'm pulling the collar and I'm like doing all these things that I would tell, I tell people, please never do this. Right. It's a stray dog. It's a, I'm just going to call him a bully breed mix. Yeah, he's not um, a chihuahua. He's not like a little tiny no, little. not a little dog. He's a big boy. Three dog in LA. You never know what happens mm-hmm. there, right? And so I'm walking around trying to see if anybody's around. And someone that was there was like, no, we've never seen him before. So I'm like, all right, well, he's getting in the van with me. So I coax him in with like this vegan burger. <laughs> and he like jumps in the van. And then we go get a leash and some food for him. And I'm like, okay, well. I, I don't know why I'm thinking because I'm a small town like person from Canada. Oh, none of the places are going to be open on a Sunday night. Mind you, like most humane societies are open for emergency take-ins. So he actually spent the night with us in a van in like Manhattan Beach because we were stealth camping where you like pull up in a neighborhood, shut all your lights off in the van and go to sleep. And then you wake up at seven in the morning and you leave the neighborhood like you never were there. Wow. <laughs> So he spent the whole night in the van with us, didn't make a sound. He, we had him stay on the ground with the leash. And that morning we brought him to the Humane Society. And something told me that this dog was supposed to be my dog, okay? I don't know why, because if I would have saw, like, in the two and a half years since, what I would have went through, I probably would have left him at the shelter as much as I love him. But, like, let me explain. Um, so I... Um, I put first rights on him. So if no one claimed him because he was a stray, I could go back and adopt him and be the first person. So within five days, we called. No one had claimed him. And we went back and adopted this dog. And it was like the best day ever. The sun had come out. It was like meant to be. And for the first three days of having him in the van, it was horrible. He was mouthy and bitey. And all he wanted to do was like lunge at us. And I was terrified. And I didn't know what to do. And we actually decided to bring him back to the shelter. So it was the next Monday and I was like, I can't do this. What if his condition gets worse traveling in the van and like we end up making him worse. So we actually returned him to the shelter. We left and cried that entire day. I remember walking around Venice Beach where you're supposed to be like, yo, this is all chill and happy. I've been there multiple times. And we were just like, like so sad. And I knew instantly we may regretted that decision and we had to get him back. But like, how do you get a dog back that you just surrendered? So we like, we ended up being able to reclaim him and we got him back. And then ever since it's been the wild, adventurous, crazy journey that I've ever been on because Sunny is a reactive and human aggressive dog. So I have never had a dog that didn't like people, let alone very like okay with me. So he, um, 
is not okay with strangers. His, he's reactive to dogs, bikes, cars, anything on the street he'll lunge at. Um, he is basically like what they categorize as a bite risk to people um, because he probably could bite someone if given the chance. And it's mostly out of fear. Um, mm -hmm. At the time of adopting him, we were like thinking he might've been around two years old and I've had him for about two and a half now. So we peg him at like four and a half years old and I don't know his past. I don't know his history. And with that comes a lot of uncertainty of what would have happened to him. And at the time of finding him, he wasn't neutered. Um, he had this giant collar on his neck with studs and it was pretty frayed on the end. I don't know whether or not he was involved in some sort of, maybe he was a stud for dog fighting or was bred. Um, dog fighting is exactly what came to my mind. A yeah. thing, I don't know. It's the first thing that yeah. came to my mind. I wonder if he had any scars. You didn't mention anything, but so he, didn't have, he didn't have any significant, um, like, neglect looking he was very mm -hmm. skinny. um he was at least 15 pounds lighter than he is now his ribs mm -hmm. were showing and he had a lot of dandruff and he was dirty but i really just think someone had him out in their backyard and yep. never paid any attention to him yep. and then yep. that's why he was so fearful of humans and didn't really have any manners and so since then um my partner at the time ricky and i had a part of our ways so it left me to manage this dog by myself completely because he ended up moving to montreal Okay. And that was really when it all was like, whoa, this is crazy because he's restricted so much of my life, but also given so much to my life, which is a really hard kind of compromise because it's been restricting in the sense that I can't really travel, which I mean, 2020 didn't really get many opportunities to anyway. Um, my sister, my dad are the only people that he can be around that I can trust him with. And otherwise I have to watch him closely. He luckily loves other dogs, but it's the people thing that's the hardest because he's just not, I can't trust him around people. So diving into learning about dogs has been an incredible journey and it's made me be a better advocate for animals and just the misunderstood in general, because when people would see him with a muzzle on or see his craziness and reactivity, people form their judgments like straight away. Maybe I'm not a good dog owner because I can't keep control of my crazy dog. Why is she putting a muzzle on him? Maybe he likes to bite people. And then they peg this dog, which already would get his own um, array of stereotypes mm -hmm. into what they think he is when he really is just a very misunderstood dog trying to figure out life like most people are. So I've had to figure out him in order to help him figure out himself. So I'm very in tune with him, understanding his triggers, learning about dog behavior and psychology. And I've made a lot of mistakes in the first year that I'm starting to retract from, but we've made a lot of progress at the same time. And it's really neat. Sometimes as his sole caretaker, I don't really see the progress that were made. Um, but I've looked back on videos recently and I actually was able to sit here and be proud of myself for all that I did for this dog and all that is to come and the life that I've given him because I can 100% say they labeled him aggressive at the shelter. He probably would, well, he would have been euthanized if I didn't yeah. have to get him. Because in Los Angeles and especially in the United States, their hot, their list of um, animals ready to be killed, unfortunately, is very high because of the amount of stray animals. And he would have been on that list because it wouldn't have been safe for them to adopt a dog that was aggressive, which is understandable. But then he wouldn't have been able to live the life that he does now if I didn't go back for him. So as much as he's been really, really difficult. I think there serves a greater purpose in me finding him, which is like, it's, it's kind of what keeps me going on, on tough days. Well, I was going to ask you, I was thinking, what is the greatest lesson? I mean, it seems like there were so many synchronicities um, mm -hmm. leading up to that point. 
Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering what has he taught you or what do you think is the, the biggest impact he's had on your life? He, um, well, the, the most, the funniest part is his name is Sonny. Um, and I find it always ironic because he's kind of like my shadow and mm. taught me a lot about, um, my shadow self and understanding my personal triggers and what makes me upset and like really learning more about that and how when I get mad at him because he's doing something it's my reaction that I need to control rather than his so he's actually yeah he's been it's funny because like there's a lot of analogies with it um just with his name and everything but he's cast a shadow with his son um, to parts of me that I probably was ignoring and didn't want to explore. And that's taught me a lot about more about, you know, my sunshine that I bring into other people and, you know, just characterizing and understanding the wholeness of humans rather than just our one side of our emotions. And like, we tend to very much praise like the happy side of us, but we don't really look at the other depths of it, like the sadness, the frustration, the anger. And he's brought up a lot of anger. In me. And I, as much as a lot of people feel shame from being angry he's like, I've had to like really confront that. And it's just been him and I most of the time alone. So he's forced me to spend a lot more time alone and get to know myself as well. And then a really great positive is he's got me outside a lot more. I'm already an outdoorsy person, but without him, I wouldn't be going on two hour walks a day or in the dead of winter time, like bundling up and going out on a trail. So he's helped me in ways that I probably wouldn't have noticed if he wasn't around. And then we just have that reciprocal relationship of just helping each of us, each of us grow. And I'm so committed to him that I've had to really like restructure most of my life. And I hope that kind of shows people like, you know, especially with animals, a lot of people got puppies this year. And yeah. a lot of times they don't really understand the commitment to an animal. Mm -hmm. When you're bringing an animal that has no, really, you control their, that, their entire life. You control everything from when they eat, go to the washroom, when they sleep, when they get to play. And you need to be a good advocate for that dog's life. So it's helped me help other people as well, especially for those that have troubled dogs and not to feel ashamed by them, but accept them for who they are and then kind of move forward in that way. And you know what, even those are great lessons for life. Like I'm sure that's helped you to really live into the compassion going, I I have to bring this compassion to this relationship with this animal. And, and also, I mean, the, a great lesson, and you said it in there was not judging a book by its cover, you know, people seeing this animal and being like, oh, he must be mean, or you must be doing something to, you know, that you're not compensating for this behavior where it's like, let's go to the deeper root of his why and try to be yeah. compassionate and understanding that he is this way because of conditions that have happened. And I mean, you can't know because you can't communicate it. But the fact that you get to be there and be like, I'm doing what I can to understand you and, and this recipient, and people don't get that if you don't have that experience with an animal, but what they do teach you and the compassion and the patience and the, you know, and it's just, it really brings out the best and the worst in you sometimes. But like you said, that shadow of here's all the things that he gets to teach you about yourself that you get to sort of impart on him and the relationship that you two share. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm wondering from all of these, I'm sure, oh my goodness, from the candid conversations that we've had, I feel like we could be having so many more with each individual yeah. because it's like this one little blip, right? And, and you have so many different stories to share, but we want to leave our listeners with a lesson from each person or a message that you think would be enlightening or just benefit all of us. We already got a bunch for just from the story of Sunny and the adventure that you allowed yourself to go on um, because that's so daring in itself. I love that. Is there anything else that you want to share before we wrap up? Um, I think I, I mostly shared 
a lot about Sunny and the relationship with that. So I think from from that is just the relationship that we have with animals in general. And um, I've always been someone who loved animals and most people say they love animals and they characterize themselves with loving animals. Some people don't because they've never had that opportunity to get to know animals and that's totally understandable. Um, and I think the more that we get to know animals or at least look at them, like the caterpillar that you saw or the wildlife that you see around us, and we just take moments to watch them and understand them a little bit better, um, we have more compassion towards their existence. And I think humans, we really center the world, like the world is centered around humans. Yeah. But reality, as we were shown through COVID, that, you know, when humans have less opportunities to go places and have destruction, the earth bounces back and the earth doesn't really need us. Um, I know. So I think one of my biggest parts of my life is just like, you know, seeing that we're not the center of the world, um, but animals and we need to live animals, plants, the environment, um, the natural world is something that we need to live in coexistence with and harmony rather than trying to fight against it. And I feel like when people have a relationship with animals, because animals are very vulnerable, they can't speak unless you're actually listening to them. They can't tell you why they're hurting, what, you know, stuff like that. I think when we take moments to actually understand them, uh, for themselves, then we have a better understanding of the world in general and how we should treat other people and ourselves yeah. as well. Yeah. So animals are a huge thing for me. I have a tattoo of a pig on my arm. I volunteer at an animal sanctuary. Um, I give tours at the sanctuary as well. As you had mentioned, I'm vegan. Um, I just... I really love animals. I volunteer at a, well, I can't go across right now, but a, a animal shelter in Detroit called Detroit Animal Care and Control with dogs that see the worst in Detroit. Um, and I feel like when we just like spend more time with nature and animals, then we just have a better understanding of the world around us. And um, just like, you know, be nicer to people. <laughs> That's the bottom line. And for those yeah. people like that aren't kind to animals or that hurt animals, they have something going on within themselves because when you can hurt something that's super vulnerable and can't fight back, then there's something that you're fighting within yourselves. And then when someone treats an animal in, on, in an unkind way, they're more likely to treat a human in that way as well. So I feel like just having relationships with animals um, or getting to understand them or watching them if you don't have the chance to get to know them is one of my one of my messages that I could share with people based off of my experiences and venture with my dog Sunny. I think it's amazing Thank that you. people take a moment to step outside of themselves and notice all the amazing things around them. The one other thing that I noticed, um, you talked about what you did in Detroit and what some of those animals have gone through, which I can't even imagine. Even when we were just speculating that possibly Sunny had had whatever his background is that led him to <laughs> the characteristics he faces. And um, the fact that you have, um, I don't know if the word is bravery, courage, um, it's beyond compassion because I get so uncomfortable with other, so I work with um, at-risk youth and I feel their pain. I'm so empathic that I pick that up. You, I'm sure when you are, I've seen pictures of you, that donkey, um, yeah. and just like, you're like talking to this donkey. I don't know who that pig is on your arm, but that I know you knew that pig. And um, you can pick up on those emotions and those feelings and that energy. And I just want to say that I think that that is so beautiful that maybe not everyone thinks of being valid or important, but um, it is so important because animals have so much to teach us. And I think you've just reaffirmed that for me. And I really appreciate that you are taking care of so many. So um, 
Megan, there's so many more things that we want to know about you. And we thank you very much for joining us in this candid conversation. And for anyone who is intrigued as I am and as Siobhan probably is, um, as a dog lover herself, um, please, we will have her details um, in the link and you can check her out and follow her as I do on both Facebook and Instagram and whatever else you're on. So thank you again, Siobhan, any last words? No, honestly, we appreciate you being here. I feel like there's so many subsectors of conversations that we still need to have. So I'm sure that we will cross paths in the future because we definitely want to pick your brain on a lot of the other incredible things that you're doing. But just leaving with that message of compassion, leaving the world, trying to understand the world and our very tiny, significant and insignificant place in it, I think is a great way to leave off. And we appreciate you being here. Thanks again, Megan. Thanks, Thank Megan. you for the opportunity. <laughs> okay, so I... Thanks so much for listening. Tune in each week for another Candid Conversation. And don't forget to like and subscribe. You'll find all the ways to connect with us on social media in the show notes. And we look forward to bringing you more amazing conversations with ordinary people leading extraordinary lives. See you next time.